Welcome to We Are Human. I'm your host, Elijah. And in this podcast, I sit down with different individuals to discuss a range of topics, from their upbringing and creative pursuits to their journey on self-improvement. I believe that there is power in community and learning about people. So I hope these stories are an encouragement to you. So I am here with the one and only Seth Andrew Echeverria, sharing coffee with oat milk and Belvita cookies. Cheers. I bought the MPK and I had like the stand or the what's it called the light version of Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started like playing with and it was like only eight tracks limited at that time yeah yeah i remember that like it was like a not a demo but it was like the just the intro yeah intro se i still made fire beats on that man (laughs) i still ended up making fire beats what what was like the transition if you can recall like from that like style of music and i know you kind of do like beats sometimes here and there um to now more like guitar music yeah like just crafting your musicianship from like producing beats and, and making beats into like playing and writing music like actual songwriting uh like growing up I've, i was always into like rock so um i always wanted to like play piano and guitar and you know this like i had a les paul like my dad bought me a les paul in like what <laughs> fifth grade bro yes <laughs> so like my dad ch- introduced me to a lot of music like as a as a young child and like i was into like 80s rock you know 90s r&b 80s r&b um 2000s rap bro so like he definitely you know kind of set the tone for the rest of my like music career too like i was very inspired to do like any type of music and then during middle school i kind of lost it and that when i got into kanye that's when i started um getting into making music again and i would just say like making beats I started making beats and I really enjoyed that and then I learned of the 1975 and that's when I really got into like indie rock and um, just playing live music and guitar music and stuff. I am working or trying to work on a new EP right now for the Curbs. I wasn't planning on releasing like a whole different side project like the Curbs, like starting that at all. I wanted to do it for office hours and um, like we at that time. I was recording it. It was just we were all at different areas. Like Josh was back in Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. And um, we were just on. We we had our minds on, yeah. on different things. So I didn't want to like release anything, just like a hundred percent me into office hours, you know. So I decided to start the curbs and yeah, you did do like guitar for like <laughs> a while though, and like you were like the guitars for your band i think right yeah yeah i did i did uh guitar for never look south with jose and then i stopped playing guitar to do vocals (laughs) i just i I just want to like bring up a memory that i have of like my childhood um elijah was having like a party and i was like in fifth grade bro and me and joshua were like yo elijah's in band this is the coolest thing ever and then Joshua like invited me to come to their house for like that like house show slash party. Yeah. And like I just remember like showing up and like they were in the middle of a set and Elijah had the guitar behind his head, dude. <laughs> and I was like my jaw dropped, bro. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. My friendship with you is is so funny because 
like you're Joshua's best friend. Like when Joshua left to Tallahassee, you know, obviously like he's a very integral part of like our lives. You know, that's my that's my brother. And we got very close before he left. And you know, that's your childhood best friend. So <clears throat> I think it's cool that that, you know, event, him just going to college, you know, out of town allowed us to kind of migrate towards each other and, and establish a much more sincere um, friendship. On top of all of that, you know, you and I, uh, you're like, we're, we're very similar. Yeah. Like the way we think, um, how we process information, the overthinking, like all of it. And um, I think our friendship kind of, you know, allowed us to really like get through some tough times together. For a hot moment of my whole like adolescent life, I was, I was in a very um, deep pit that I never like realized until probably after I graduated. And um, I don't know what worked for me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to like live life uh, to its fullest and be as happy as I can. And it's working for me. So I think it just takes time and like you gotta really understand yourself. Do a lot of like self-reflection. Yeah, exactly. For people like me, like I overthink a lot. So if I'm doing self-reflecting, like that might ultimately lead me to overthink more and the situation would just probably get worse. Yeah, yeah. So like how that. do you balance, you know, like healthy self-reflection and you know, just not getting too into your head? Yeah, I, I definitely I could say I struggled with that heavy, bro. Like, I would be overthinking everything. And I think the way, like, I kind of overcame that is um, I just, I not, like, keeping myself busy because, like, it's, it's bad to ignore, you know, the way you're feeling. But I do say, like, a good way to get rid of that um, overthinking is... I don't know, find, find a hobby or like find your enjoyment in life. And I, I had to learn that like, you know, throughout the past six years. Right now I have a lot of time on my hands. So I'm just trying to take advantage of that time and, you know, create. I'm trying to write some more, um, do some stuff. I've actually, yeah, I've told you this, but I've been getting into woodworking. So I've always wanted to get into like making stuff like you know like doing handy stuff but I never had like the, the tools but my dad decided to actually buy like a circular saw super recently so once we got that um, me and my dad started working on like some projects together making chairs and making tables and it just it's very meditative for me too you know what I'm saying like it takes my mind off things um, it's and like for you to think about like your craft and it Woodworking definitely is a craft, I think, um, because you want to make your project as perfect as it can be, you know, so it's just super fun, man. I I think everybody should make something of their own. I think it's a very good hobby, to be honest. People I've never seen before, Frank Ocean, The Strokes. Um, still haven't seen The Strokes, man. Still haven't seen The Strokes, bro. I got a Strokes tattoo, if y'all didn't know. Um, <laughs> I think we all know. <laughs> I honestly want to see Dijon again, bro. He's freaking amazing, bro. The best concerts that I've been to was Outcast in Governor's Ball yeah, 2014. I was like, where you are right now, Andre 3000 was right there. Like, the day after that they played. Yeah, like watching Tyler, right? They, no, they were, Andre was watching um, Childish Gambino. You saw Childish Gambino? Yeah. 
at GovBall. What album was out? Because, like? because the internet. There's the VIP section, and there's a trash can, and I went to go throw something out, and then I heard people saying, like, Andre, 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 and I see him, and he's, like, where Seth is right now. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, Andre. And then he you took a picture of him? No, he wouldn't. He ignored me. So I like pulled out my phone and I was just like, I just took a picture took of a him. took a selfie, bro. I was trying to, but I didn't think quick enough. And I had like the iPhone 3GS. Yeah. I think that was one of the only times that I've like let go of myself at a concert. Because I'm very, I'm more introverted than I am extroverted. At concerts, I kind of just like enjoy the show for what it is. Like the music, the production, the lighting. And I'm just like vibing. Yeah. But at the Outcast show, like I had my hands and like my arms in the air. I was singing at the top of my lungs. I cried, dude. Like it was just an emotional roller coaster. And then the same exact thing for when I saw Pharrell at Camp Flognall. That was a that was a stellar show. He Jesus, just played bro. through a bunch of classics that he produced. Uh, but those were like the best, the best shows. I've been to. Top two always. I always tell people that. That's that's awesome, man. I think. The top two shows I've been to, without a doubt, bro, um, Dijon and Tame Impala, bro. Dijon, really? Like, and the thing is, they they were like two polar opposite type of shows, you know. Like Tame Impala was at um, Shaking Knees in Atlanta, and it was just like so packed. He he was closing out the festival, I believe. It was like Sunday night, <laughs> and it was like the last act. So, you know, everybody was there and. Bro, from the lights to the music and like everything together, it was just an experience, man. It was just like I was closing my eyes at some points, man. I was just like, this is amazing. Like just the music that loud in your ears, it, it just it feels so good, man. Yeah. You feel the bass in your heart. Sometimes I get scared, like I'm gonna have like a heart palpitation or something, <laughs> like from the bass at concerts. But uh, like going from that like my other favorite concert would have been or is the Dijon concert that I went to and I think that was just amazing because like it was in this small venue in um Brooklyn or in Manhattan and it was it was packed like everybody was there you know what I'm saying but when he was singing it was just everyone was quiet I don't think I saw like one phone everyone was just like in the moment watching Dijon like it was just so silent dude just you just hear him and his guitar and his band and it was just like it was an experience too man it's very intimate it's very intimate yeah that's um i would like to like if i ever became successful in music um i would i would like to go out into film do art um and i think just creative stuff man is just like the best job you can have it's a dream, man. It's it's literally a dream, you know. You have to work hard towards it and, you know, be present. Yeah, you have to put a lot of time and dedication into that because it's so hard to make an income off of art. Yeah, um, exactly. So trying to find the balance between, like, your regular income and also trying to be creative and, and to make an income off of that um, is probably one of the challenging thing as the more challenging things as a, as a creative um, which is something that I've struggled with because it's kind of like, you know, f how long do I want to spend my life trying to do something to make X amount of money off of? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's it's never supposed to be about the money and it's not. But, you know, life, life consists of bills and, and a mortgage. You and, to eat. And yeah, you know, so 
um, if you're able to, to tap into yourself and, and be able to put in the time, energy, and dedication into your craft and then let that venture off into bringing you like an income, like more power to you. And that is that is the dream and, and the yeah, end goal. Man. To have like enough money to start doing philanthropist work, you know? Yeah, I think that's awesome. Mm, like start foundation, like start a foundation and everything. I would love to do that, man. One thing that I, I would, uh, I want to do at some point Hopefully by the time I'm like 30, so I got five years mm. uh, to knock this out, is create like a, a recreational center for um, artists or, or creatives. I mean, you guys know this um, just since like the beginning of time. Like I, I've always kind of been like in the background when it came to you guys, you know, creating and recording and writing. Um, I like being in the background. I don't really like getting too involved. Um, I don't like to overstep and the best way that I know that I can help is just provide the resources. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've always like tried to do. So like when I made my reckless expensive purchases on all the music gear that I've ever, you know, <laughs> came across <laughs> and didn't really get to utilize it to its, to its highest degree or whatever. Um, I know that now it's being put to use through you, through Josh, through Jacob, through Gian, through whoever, you know because I've made the investment and even if I'm not using it, at least someone is gonna be able to take advantage of it. Like Jacob's pedal board consists of my pedals, you know? But you know, now he doesn't have to worry about investing in his own. No, of, yeah, exactly. At some point, of course, he's gonna come across some that he wants for himself, you know? But like, he doesn't have to start from scratch like I did. And so having some kind of center or like a recording studio or just like a, just a facility to, to allow people to come in and, and utilize the resources so that they can, you know, pursue their creative endeavor endeavors. Like that's what, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I would, I would love to do something like that too. But like, I think I would do all mediums, you know, like I think the library does, um, classes on all types of stuff, like, uh, sewing, even stuff like that and, uh, computer classes. And I just think like, that kind of recreational center would be like what i want in my community wherever i end up you know yeah i just want to say that um elijah has impacted my life like crazy bro and he's just like a super super good big brother like one of the best big brothers bro and i would not be where i am today if it weren't for him follow the curves on instagram and spotify thank you so much for tuning in and for a more immersive experience, be sure to follow us on Instagram at wearehuman.tv. We'll catch you next time. And remember, we're always learning.